County is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana community. Welcome back to Where We Landed, a podcast where we're talking to individuals that love and live in this Grant County area. And today we've got some amazing guests with us on the podcast today as host. We have Scott Miller. Hello. Iris Brunner. Hey, yo. And myself, Alicia Hazelwood. Welcome, everyone. We're excited. Well, I have got a pressing question that I think we need to answer before we go any further. First of all, Scott, I thought you were going to take my intro again just then. <laughs> I, I was giving you some looks. Yeah. But I have a question. What would you remove from your day to make it easier? Thinking in a world with more time and less annoyance, what would make your day easier and how could you minimize your routine? Ooh, I'd get rid of housework. Oh, I don't want to do laundry, dishes, dust, vacuum, any of that stuff. No housework. No housework. Okay. Well, but there's an easy solution to that, right? For first world people, there's an easy (laughs) solution for that. I don't make that kind of money. (laughs) Me neither. Me neither. All right, Scott, what would you do to make your... I think I have a guess what would make your day maybe just a little bit easier. I have two things. Mm-hmm. One is a hour and 15 minute commute every I day. It. I knew you were going to say, and forth. say That's that. That's two and a half hours we of my life. We that when I move in I there. know. Mm-hmm. I know. You've got to have a conversation. Come on, Gene. Come on down. Genie Rod. We're awesome. Okay. Um, so that's one. And then I was going to say work. Like, work. So I could just take <laughs> you work just take work out, out, out of the equation. Yeah. He just wants to get rid of work. So, uh, that, that, that'd be good that's a me. good one. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to steal that answer. That that's would, my answer too. That would free up a lot of time. Yeah. I, I know. I keep telling Paige I'm ready to be promoted to trophy wife, but he hasn't yeah. done anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, um, what would you do to make your day easier? I, I think for me is that we could be more flexible in public education to Mm. where you would have some flex time to do normal things like go to the bank or grocery shop. I thought you were going to (laughs) say go to the bathroom. That's what I thought you were going to say. Or things like that. Yeah. I I would like to have a a day to be able to do some of those normal things. All right. That's a good one. I am going to introduce Leslie and I, um, so I've been around the community for the last four to five years but Leslie has been one of the most significant leaders that I've had a chance to, to meet and spend time with. Um, she's a consummate uh, encourager. Um, and I think that probably comes from her background as a coach, but she grew up in Grant County is a Marion high school graduate attended ball state university and played tennis and badminton. I love oh. that on the badminton team. Uh, and then she returned to Gas City and Mississippi schools in 1982 as a teacher and coach and has then worked her way up and is now the superintendent at Mississippi school system. So there's a lot that we can unpack and and uh, we'll do that uh, during our time together today. But I wanted to get your story, Leslie, as to um, how you, since you were born in Grant County, how you your parents got here and then maybe how you decided to come back okay before you start i think you need a round of, of applause oh here we yeah. go <laughs> big fans of leslie here <laughs> and it lasts a while there it goes <laughs> all right now you can start okay um both of my parents were um natives of of grant county my dad in marion and my mom uh in jonesboro 
And um, a unique situation was that my parents were very young when I was born. They were 16 and 17 years old. And back in those days when that happened, you had to quit school. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, they both just stayed in this area. And um, I actually attended school in Jonesboro until sixth grade. And we moved to Marion uh, when I uh, started middle school. Uh, so I had the unique experience of being in both school systems. So, so if they were both natives, mm -hmm. can you go back even to grandparents? Like who was the first generation to get into Grant County and what brought them here? I believe that was um, my great grandparent, uh, great grandparents uh, came here. And then back in, you know, the, the 50s and 60s, manufacturing was a huge draw in Grant mm -hmm. County. Mm -hmm. And um, both of my grandparents worked in factories here in Grant County, uh, one at Dana Corporation and one at Thompson, or RCA, when they started. And um, actually, I, I think my dad may have been the longest, I mean, the last hourly worker to leave Dana at 52 years. Wow. Um, you know, That's and a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. it's just, it's so different now than what it was back then as far as the manufacturing community and how thriving Grant County actually was. Yeah. Um, you've shared a little bit about this story with me, but I think it would be really fun for people to hear this as it relates to how you met your husband and, and where you met him, <laughs> um, because I think it's a really cool story yeah. and it's part of who you are. Right. Um, Back in uh, 1987, when the Pan Am Games were in Indianapolis, Kodak hired 50 teachers to work in the media center for them. And um, in that media center, and I got hired, it was like the highlight for a coach to be around that atmosphere and to work in it. But the media, Kodak's media center actually had probably one of the state-of-the-art dip-and-dunk processing machines. Mm. My husband's company made those machines um, that he worked for and um, he was actually assigned to set the the media center up and he was scheduled to leave the day before i started but one of his colleagues had an appendicitis attack and he actually stayed and really? i met him there and 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 we got married three months later so. yeah <laughs> wow three months later say, he was uh, from los angeles and of course i was 28 and he was 38 and so by that time in your life you pretty well you know, know what you like. And I was just so uh, impressed by his character and integrity. And it was just a great experience. I, I truly believe it was a God thing. Yeah. You so he, a thank you card to the guy that got the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, but thank you. <laughs> so did he then move here? No. Or how? <laughs> actually, actually, I finished my contract out because I was still coaching varsity basketball at that time so i waited until the season was over so he lived in los angeles and i lived here and um until my contract was over and then i actually moved to los angeles um to live there cool and i think cool. you taught and coached at west hollywood i uh, i did Is i coached uh, at it was in in uh, north, hollywood, north hollywood and it was in the archdiocese of los angeles it was the most extraordinary experience i ever had um, on white was not even on the application. I was the other. And um, I was the only um, Caucasian on staff. And 
maybe even the only Caucasian that worked in the school. And wow, what an experience I had. Um, I learned so much about different cultures and um, the importance of being diverse. And it was just an extraordinary experience. In fact, when Craig got transferred to the Midwest, the priest came to me and said, hey, you can stay with us and finish out the year and, um, you know, not leave. And the priests were even that were assigned to that school were even so unique because they were all raised in foreign countries. And the one I clicked with the most was from Spain. And he, I don't even know for sure if he knew my name. He just always <laughs> called me coach. And um, my husband traveled a lot. And he and I would travel all over uh, Southern California watching really good athletes um, and going to different kind of athletic events. And he actually worked as a chaplain with the North Hollywood Police Department, and I would do some ride-alongs with him and so forth. So mm -hmm. it was just an outstanding experience. Yeah. How? So, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna, just talking about family, too. I've gotten to know Alex just a little bit mm -hmm. over the last couple of years, and and I know he's moved out of state, and you might have just been spending some time with him. Um, but an incredible athlete also it takes after his mom. Um, <laughs> and he's really into uh, to bicycling, right? Yes. As well yeah, as biking. Does he yeah. do running as well? or is it He did. Yeah. yeah. He does that in conditioning now. It, it's so weird that when you're raised in the, you know, in small communities and in Indiana, people think athletics is football, basketball, mm -hmm. baseball, and they don't realize that there's a whole other avenue of athletics out there. And he started out running and um, late. He, he his, ran track, right? His senior he ran year track. in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he tried to please me up till that point and um, uh, decided that, you know, it's just something he wanted to try and uh, actually got to run a year at Valparaiso. And, and you know, he, he wasn't an elite runner by any means but he had an opportunity to be around elite athletes yeah and he found out that there's bicycling that runners do and there's ultra marathons and all all type of different things and uh, so he was exposed to a lot of different type of um, activities physical activities and through covid um he has been able to live in different places, and he just fell in love with bicycling and was able to make a team out in Denver and uh, competes in bicycling, criterion riding. Um, I've had to study that a lot to understand it. I still don't completely understand say, what is it, <laughs> um, but it's um, short-term racing where they do it on like down big downtown cities, and they close it down, and they time it. And they ride so many laps and, um, you know, it's, it's just a huge sport mm -hmm. and I never heard of it. And uh, so, so I learned a lot. So instead of the bikes being on the track at the same time, it's one person at a time doing the no, criteria? No, they're all together and it's oh, extremely are. physical and you'll see people elbowing each other when they're going 27 miles an hour. And, oh gosh. Um, it, it's just a, it's just an extraordinary, you know, event, but. What I've learned, uh, I don't get to see a lot of it. His dad gets to see more than I do because he's retired. But what I've learned, it's just a great group of people, too. I mean, it's highly competitive, but everyone works together to try to get better. And it's, it's um, 
very team oriented means that you work as a team one writer will be responsible for doing this and so you may not be picked to be a be the person that's going to win that race you may just be part of the team and he loves that because it's strategic Mm -hmm. And um, he really enjoys it. Well, he's a great kid. You've done a good job raising him. So, and and mm-hmm. what's he do on a day to day basis outside of of uh, bicycling? I know that's not his full time mm-hmm. gig. So, what's yeah. he doing? There? He actually works for a small marketing company in Northern Indiana. And um, when COVID happened, they closed their actual physical office, and he was able to um, live anywhere. So he lived in Boulder for a month in Ann Arbor for a year and just fell in love with uh, Colorado and ended up making the move to Denver. Now, he, I don't know if that'll be his forever home, but he sure sure loves it there now. And um, it, the unique thing about his company is I, through my coaching at Burris, um, I had worked with some very extraordinary student athletes. And one of them actually teaches um, in the business department of University of Wisconsin but she was on Wall Street for many, many years, and she retired very, very young and went to work there and, and has started a school in Wisconsin that is just outstanding. But she actually mentored uh, him, as well as Scott did, on what to look for in a company because he first was going to go corporate, and she said, oh, don't do that. Get a small company that you get to do everything. You're the gopher. And that's what he did. And that's the experience he's getting. He's just working with two extraordinary, um, talented people. And uh, he's their gopher. And he's just doing some outstanding work and just getting more experience every day. So you said your husband moved back to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So you followed him, even though you grew up here, you mm-hmm. were kind of the trailing spouse in mm-hmm. that situation. Yes. Where did you guys move back to? And how did you end up back here where you were raised well in his job he could travel as long as he could get to an airport and we ended up in albany indiana and we bought a little flower shop there and the goal was that i would run the flower shop and have 10 kids and um uh, i was bored to death in the flower Mm -hmm. shop so um I actually uh, went to Burris at that time and and was going to uh, teach there because you got free remission at Ball State and um, work on a PhD in counseling. And um, uh, when I got to Burris, it was just just another outstanding opportunity to learn and grow. And I ended up, um, after the first year, becoming the athletic director and – Two days after athletic director, the assistant principal left, so I became the assistant principal. And I was by far the less least talented on that staff. And but I learned so much about education and so much about what is important to take kids and move them forward. And it was just another outstanding experience. And you share have shared with me in the past that you were one of the first female mm-hmm. athletic directors, mm-hmm. right, for the state of Indiana. Yeah. What was that like working in such a traditionally male-dominated environment? It just so happened that there two, the first one was in Delaware County and still working when I became 
um, athletic uh, director, and I grew up playing on AAU basketball teams um, with students from her school. Oh. So I was familiar with her, and her name was Kay Saunders, and uh, she immediately just became a mentor for me, and she spent hours and hours with me, and um, I've always enjoyed working with men, always felt really comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, as as the, the four of you know, I'm not the softest person in the world. <laughs> um, so sometimes, you know, working with men, and Kay may have made me look soft. <laughs> so she was so well-respected um, throughout the state of Indiana with what I consider the extraordinary progressive leaders, and uh, she really helped me a lot. Um work in that and make networking and yeah. still some of my best relationships are from those days I as think athletic director. One of my favorite quotes from you is yes, we were in a book study. I was going to say it too. <laughs> you said, I'm not passive aggressive. I'm just aggressive. Yes. <laughs> those no, are words I, to live by. I hear so I many it. young leaders, women leaders and young girls say, well, they think I'm too bossy or they think I'm too aggressive. And I was blessed early in my career to work with extraordinary progressive men and that just promoted leadership. They didn't care if you were a woman or a man, they promoted leadership. And one of them actually uh, came to Marion and served as a superintendent for quite a while, Steve Edwards. And, mm. um, you know, we were, we worked together back before we were superintendents, before we were administrators. And he would tell me all the time, he goes, if you were a man, you'd be considered one of the greatest leaders you know, around. And I just had a lot of people like that, um, you know, in my life early in my career that made made me feel it was okay to lead. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one of the things about, you know, when you say I'm, I'm not passive aggressive, I'm just aggressive. I think that also makes it sound like, you know, oh, you just come in guns a blazing, but you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like you are so skilled and gifted in, um, saying things with love and um, delivering even that hard stuff with love or and also lifting people up in the same space. So whether you're coming straight out and you're saying you're aggressive, it doesn't have to be negative. Right. And I think that's the, that's kind of where you're coming from with that. And I appreciate you saying that. But mm-hmm. sometimes um, if if when people uh, approach you with a hidden agenda mm-hmm. and approach you with uh, aggression and you come back and you answer it in an honest way then they feel you're taking it personally right right. instead of the way they presented it Mm -hmm. instead of just saying hey i'm i'm having this problem with this situation Mm -hmm. you know can you help me with it and um that's something i have to you know to work on because transparency not everyone likes that (laughs) and not they say they do yeah they they say they do you know i we always taught our son if they ask your opinion then that means you can give it. Um, but we many times through the years, we had to say, you have to know that audience too, mm-hmm. um, you know, before you give it. But I, I've just been blessed to be surrounded by people who see that and um, see the skill I can bring to a situation and support me. So you were at Burris. What brought you then into Grant County? What was next? Well, when I was at Burris was when the Indiana Academy for Gifted started. And under the legislative law, Burris had to become smaller because you could only have so many students 
because they were under one superintendent and were under the leadership of Ball State University. And um, the, I learned a lot through the Indiana Academy, you know, too. We shared a building and um, we didn't share staffing, but we shared a building. And uh, so a lot of changes went on during that time. And one of them be that Craig and I had been buried nine years and didn't think that I was going to be able to have children. And we got a real blessing, um, you know, at, <laughs> and Alex. At, at, yeah, <laughs> at 37 and 47 years old. And um, it got to the point that they were wanting me to be in more leadership, you know, maybe even a principal's position. And at that time, my goal and my passion was college athletics. And, um, you know, I, I felt like I had positioned myself pretty well to have those type of opportunities. And um, so they were they they were going to say, hey, you're, you're going to be the principal. <laughs> and I just wasn't wasn't interested at that time in doing that. And this job came open at Mrs. Cinewall and Mike Powell served on the ICHA board of directors with me. And I was from Grant County and he said, Hey, I've got an assistant principal's job. And if you're interested, you know, apply. So I went ahead and apply and I, I told Craig, now this is going to be a one-year stop. <laughs> uh, we're not going to build a bunch of relationships other than our family, you know, and, so here I am 25 years later. <laughs> so and your family was still here then when yes, you made that move back. Yes, my mm -hmm. uh, mom and my grandmother and uh, my dad were still in this okay. area. Okay. Leslie, incredibly mm -hmm. accomplished, uh, both in, in athletics as well as in leadership. So um, just recently, um, we're were awarded the Hall of Fame for tennis mm -hmm. here in Marion, which is awesome. So congratulations on that. Thank as, you. As well as being in the Marion Hall of Fame for sports in general. Um, and then only the fourth woman athletic director, which I think Alicia had, had mentioned earlier in the state, and the second woman elected to the IHSA Board of Directors. <laughs> Woo! I mean, you have to on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. Um, but the thing that I thought was really interesting, I'd love you to share this story, is while on the board of directors, all of a sudden class basketball comes up and you get to be a part of that historic vote. And I'd love to hear the background and, and how you navigated that in, in a state like Indiana where basketball was so important. You know, that was a, that was a really challenging time and very challenging um, being on the board at that time. And um, there were there was so much uh, pressure put on board members, um, you know, on pro class boards and very, very strong uh, um, consensus throughout the state that people did not want it. And um, I just felt like, and I still feel like that to this day, we were elected to represent a group of people in our district, and we needed to find out what uh, they wanted. And it just so happened that I was serving on a minority seat, and another member of District 4 actually was in Muncie also. He was the principal at Muncie Southside and just a, an outstanding leader. And we did a lot of polling in our district and a lot of conversations and um you know, we just felt like we had to represent what our district 
valued and and wanted and i think that's what good leaders do and they keep their personal opinion you know out of it and they voice voice their personal opinion in the meetings where the different types of um oh there were many different formats laid out before they came to the one class system and so we were both very vocal during those meetings on what we thought would happen but overwhelmingly our district did not support going to class sports and we were actually in two of the five no votes Hmm. um, for class sports and um i actually took calls from donators even that morning you know saying if you don't vote this way we're gonna have to yeah. You know, not support you. And I just, my answer was, I have the utmost respect for you and what you've accomplished, but I, I'm representing a group of people, not just one person. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to vote what I think my district wants. And, um, that so, was, that was tough. I was going to say that had to be really tough. It was very tough. Really tough. And to add to that, just 10 days before the vote, was when you gave birth. Yeah. I did. And, um, you know, that was before cell phones were really popular. And and we uh, the commissioner had to go through some legal, uh, what legally we needed to do for me to be able to vote. Because in a normal situation, you just wouldn't show up for the meeting. Um, you know, you wouldn't be there. But in this situation, there was national media coverage and, mm-hmm. and a lot of um, preparation taking place. And um, they decided that they think I should vote. So um, you, we did it via phone, and I could not hear any conversation um, that was going on, which if you've ever sat in on the executive session, there's a lot of conversation. You know, it's just like an official meeting where people can voice, mm-hmm. you know, their opinions. But um, And I thought I was only going to be on for the, the uh, class sport vote. I ended up being on, I want to think there were maybe 30 agenda items, and I could not hear anything. And I remember after the meeting was over, uh, my grandmother and my mother were there helping me babysit because I was absolutely in shock at how much work a baby was. <laughs> uh, and, um, Especially 10 days in. Uh, exactly. And um, uh, Pat Roy, who was a commissioner at that time and one of my uh, role models, um, she called me. She goes, you did a great job. She goes, you weren't even that off that much, yeah. you know, um, because it was, you know, stressful to be able to do. And those are oh, public. Yeah. Your vote is public knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was another great learning experience. And and uh, I, I normally don't save any newspaper articles or anything because, you know, when when you want you don't want to hang on to a past accomplishment but i did save a couple because it mentioned that i you know had had alex and i still haven't given them to him to this day but <laughs> one day i'll share those with him cuz he still does a um uh, understand you know how athletic and involved i was i mean he knows a little bit now because we never exposed him he never heard me speak professionally or oh, wow. uh, hey, because you- we wanted to just you just Me, got just to be, to be mom. mom. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And so I'll share those with him one day. Yeah. Right. Where We Landed is supported today by Mama Pearson's Soporium, located on Main Street in Gas City. Products originally developed by a mom for her children with sensitive skin, everything at Mama Pearson's is created to care for your skin in a safe, all-natural way. From handmade soap 
Guinness World Record bath bombs to household products, you will leave Mama Pearson's Soporium with all you need to care for your loved ones. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6, and Saturday from 10 to 4, Amy and Pat Pearson are ready to help you find just what you need. Stop by 125 West Main Street, Gas City, Indiana, or reach them online at mamapearsons.com. Thank you to Mama Pearson's Soporium for supporting today's podcast. Another great award, mm-hmm. which I don't think people probably realize this, but 2013, you're actually named Principal of the Year for the state of Indiana mm-hmm. and have an opportunity in uh, that year to go out to Washington, D.C. Yeah. To, to compete for the National Principal of the Year. Yes. And what a huge accomplishment oh, that it is. Was, it was so much fun. Yeah. And to have that kind of talent here in our community is is just awesome. So congratulations Thank 10 you. years later. Thank but, you. But uh, that's how does that yeah. happen? Are you nominated or? Uh, yes, um, you're nominated. And um, I I was nominated from someone outside of Grant County. Oh. And um, uh, it, I thought that was I really thought that was a nice compliment to what, you know, we were accomplished in. Data has a lot to do with it, and um, programming has a lot to do with it, and um, it was it was just quite an honor. And it just so happened that 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 night when we got, to, I didn't think I had a chance in the world to win it because I had been district principal of the year before, um, a few years before, and you know you're you're just competing against extraordinary people, and so, some of the finalists I actually copied some of their programming and picked their brains for years on collaboration. And one of them, what I would consider the pioneers in, in um, women leaders was also a finalist that year with me. And this is kind of a funny story. I haven't shared this with anyone, but they had the, the winners, they had bags up there and there's an elementary, a middle school and a high school where there was very few women in the pool there were only two in the secondary and and she and i were talking she goes well one of us won because the packaging was in pink oh (laughs) and i i told her i said oh you know barb i hope it's you because she was a principal of just a huge school system Mm -hmm. uh an urban school system in indianapolis and what she did there was just absolutely extraordinary and um but she was as supportive of me when I did. But um, those are the kinds of things that you really, you know, I can share now that I'm at the end of my career that we both kind of chuckle about that, you know, right now. So being towards the end of your career, um, I know that I'm um, privileged to be one of the women and leaders in the community that you mentor Mm -hmm. and pour into. Um, But what does that look like for you, your mentorship? Like maybe who are you bringing up behind Mm -hmm. you to uh, fill in those roles as you start to look at what life looks like after administration? For me, life would look at is Craig and I love to travel and, you know, being married for nine years before we had Alex, we were able to do a lot of travel out of the country and a lot of travel in the country. And we still continued that with him. It's just you couldn't all three always go at the same time because it was so expensive. And um, so we have some bucket list places, you know, that like Camino (laughs) in Italy. We'd like to hike that with Alex. Um, In fact, Craig and Alex were going to do it as a graduation parent. 
a present when he graduated from college, but we couldn't do it at that time because um, of COVID. COVID. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping I can get in shape to go with him. If I can't, then I'm still going to go with him and I'll just be waiting at the end, um, you know, for them. And um, Craig has some different places um, that he wants to go than me, but I know that's a big one for us. And we, we have been to Europe, but I think we'd like to explore it a little bit differently. And we're just hoping that travel, you know, opens back up and mm -hmm. we feel safe because we've noticed the older you get, it's more difficult to travel, yeah. especially out of the country. And, yeah. um, and then there's some women group around here um, that still do that. And I would love to be able to go on a trip sometime with Carol Sector. And, yeah. you know, she's one of my mentors <laughs> and she's the best, you know, do something. And so we hope that um, another thing that's we we would we would like to be in warm weather in December and January if we possibly could. But. I, I don't I don't know what our future holds um, as far as leaving you know Grant County, mm -hmm. but I know we love coming back home to Grant and County and this is home. So um, I hope to still be involved, but be more involved in you know mentoring and passionate about things that um, I think move young leaders forward. And so I hope I have an opportunity to do more things like yeah. that. So we've talked a lot kind of um, about you coaching. What what inspired you to be an athlete as you were growing up? When I was at, at Marion, I just had outstanding uh, coaches. In fact, I had probably the best coaching, um, much better than I had at Ball State University. And just had some wonderful athletic experiences. And I... I love that atmosphere. I love the team ap atmosphere. I was my skill was in tennis and individual sports, but I just love that atmosphere of being around a team and working together to be successful. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do after high school. I was not a very good student. And I always all my friends were always very very talented students and very talented and they were just well-rounded. And everybody was going to college, so I thought, well, I, I'm going to have to go to college. Guess I'm and going. <laughs> then I worried about getting in, to be quite honest, because I, I wasn't a great student. And probably if I hadn't been an athlete, I probably wouldn't have gotten in at Ball State. Mm -hmm. And they admitted me on warning. And um, But once I got there and got involved and and started seeing what I wanted to do, I just fell in love with working and just got better at each degree uh, that I got. And, um, but I think that that's something that probably the reason why I get along so well with students is people have the mindset that the only people that are going to be successful are the ones that are already polished and great students. Mm. And when you look at what soft skills it takes to be successful, a lot of your people who are in the best leaderships took what I like to call the long road to understanding uh, what learning and leadership really truly looks like. And again, I just had wonderful superintendents put in my path. And when I started becoming an administrator, I just had outstanding principals that um, mentored me and saw the strengths. And, and, and fortunately, that's where I am today is because of those type of people. I, I don't know that this is true, but 
my guess is, are you the first female superintendent of Mississippi Schools, or has there been a female superintendent? Well, there's only been seven at yeah. Mississippi Community Schools, and I am the first. The first female. Mm -hmm. What's been your favorite part of being at Mississippi in that school district, and, and what what do you enjoy most about being superintendent? Tough, tough job that you have, but what what's the thing that you enjoy most about that? I think, and I say this a lot to people, um, you know, working at, at Burris, which is one of the top school systems in the state, I have never worked with more extraordinary students and parents than I've worked with at Miss Wall. They will, if they think you believe in their kids, they will do anything for you and help you in any way. And I think that's the reason why we've, you know, we've had so much success. And what's helped me was I taught at Mississippi Wall for seven years, left for 11 years and came back. So a lot of the, the parents that have come through when I was principal, I had had in school as a teacher. And I was able to build those relationships with them. And um, I think that's been really, really valuable. So you're pouring in all the time to the students, the families, the all the work that it takes to be a superintendent. And in this particular area, I feel like identity goes to your mm -hmm. school system, right? Like that's part of who you are right. in this mm -hmm. community. Yeah. So what do you do to pour back into yourself or to find those soul care places and things to, to re- you know, my generation didn't really look at it that way, and so I'm not really good at that, but I've tried to lead that with my teachers and administrators. Um, when you're your assistant superintendent, you really don't have the positioning um, situation to be able to really talk about those kinds of things and how powerful you think that is. But as superintendent, I've had that um uh, ability to be able to say hey we have to be balanced um public education these are tough jobs and uh school administrators are extremely difficult jobs so i've done a better job helping them understand that than um i did for myself because when i was coming up through the ranks um you had to be better than everybody else as a woman mm -hmm. and you had to work longer and you had to prove that uh, having kids was not going to keep you from um, getting things accomplished. And fortunately for me, Craig ended up staying home with Alex um, from two years old on. And that gave me the opportunity to go into the workforce and work the long hours I did. And we got real creative um, on making sure that I either had breakfast um, you know, with Alex, our supper with him almost every night. Wow. That took some driving sometimes, He's, but we did it. Yeah. Craig's the original stay-at-home dad. I know. I love it. Well, when we were in Muncie, mm -hmm. it just so happened that the neighbor, neighborhood we were in, there were there was one other and a group of four moms, and um, they just had a ball. I was <laughs> four, so moms and two dads. <laughs> yeah. four moms and two dads. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> library like and kinder music <laughs> and everything. Yeah. They just had a, a blast. That's amazing. So we hear you talk about Grant County. This is your home. You love it here. One of the things we always like to hear about is um, what is it that makes you love this community so much? I mean, it could be um, an activity. Um, it's always a restaurant, too. So which one of those is your favorite? But, you know, 
I always say this is a great place to raise a family. Um, but what, well, what would you say is, you know, if you had to put your, your stake in the ground and say, here's why. I think for me, it's potential. Hmm. Um, you know, when I grew up in Grant County, I thought it was the greatest place there was. And, you know, people worked together. It was, you know, at, at Marion High School, it was very diverse. Um, I, I didn't recently, um, I needed to get some material together for Ball State. And I didn't even realize that I played GAA my freshman and sophomore years because they treated us like we were equals. And, What's um, GAA? Girls Athletic Association, oh, because okay. IHHA did not become a sport until mm. 1976. Mm. Girls basketball and mm -hmm. um, the other sports when Title IX came along. Okay. So I just had outstanding experiences, and I had outstanding mentors and teachers to look up to um, when I was a student here that I thought were extremely progressive and um, I just think that there's just so much potential in Grant County for success uh, in the business community and as well as the schools um, if we ever get the opportunity to really start working together and to move our county forward. What's that, what is that magic piece, though? What is it that we need? I just think that... Um, passionate people that have committed to the community and for us to to realize that we we can't always compete against each other um that sometimes by working together we'll make each one of our individual communities even stronger and better okay what's the favorite place to eat oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah Jeez. what my are husband, some of those weird my favorites? husband doesn't like to eat out so i'm a closet <laughs> person to go out and eat um, is that why we go out to eat yes, so often yes. um, we just started going out with a group and trying different restaurants around mm -hmm. you know the grant county area and uh, what's been one that sticks out to you recently recently yeah i need to it's go back. in swayze um swayze cafe Ice Chuck cream wagon. shop, Chuck wagon, Chuck, Chuck wagon, wagon. <laughs> back yeah, on pizza. yeah, Chuck wagon, <laughs> and, and we went there. And I guess there's one in Sweetser called Hoosier Hoot, um, mm. and it, uh, I, mm. you know, that's going to be the next next place next we thing, go. Yeah, I'm but, waiting on uh, Alicia to bring us one of those ding dong muffins oh, we talked about yeah. a few episodes okay. back. Yeah. I, I will do that. I'll put it on yeah, my list. That will be your admittance into That'll the next recording. Thing. But <laughs> I really like. Uh, I like Jackie's for breakfast. Oh, mm -hmm. But take mm -hmm. cash or check. Yes. Yes. And, breakfast burritos. Um, breakfast I love burritos. Sophie's ice cream. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I love the Mexican restaurant yeah. there. So Awesome. Awesome. We also like to find out like what you're reading or what you're watching or what okay. you're listening to. Yeah. Um, we, Alicia and I, um, and Kylie as well, have been fortunate to be in a book club with you, um, yep. which what was um, we did the Brene Brown book, Dare to Lead, yeah. Dare to Lead, but then we, somebody uh, ironically changed the book club to Dare to Read. <laughs> right, because <laughs> we were going to do other. Oh, that was Kylie. <laughs> Kylie, I love it. We Dare were to Read. We were going to do other books and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. So maybe we need to, re we need to reignite that fire. Yeah. Okay, sorry. There's a Facebook page. I, I was stalling for you to yes. think up some answers. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
My son says I'm the absolute most boring person in the world because I've only listened to Christian music and public broadcasting for years. That's fine. Um, and I love to read biographies. You oh, know, yeah. I, I really do. So, But currently I'm reading, um, oh my goodness, I just forgot the name of it. What, what Make is- the Moments Count, I believe. Oh. oh, isn't that awful? And what's That's that? Okay. Um it's just about how important to seize the moments and how mm-hmm. important it is to uh, not forget how how important every relationship is mm-hmm. and to um, don't get look so far ahead that you forget how important the people that you're around right now are. What what has been your favorite biography though? Like which one were you like? Oh, that, that was really, really keeps, good. Yeah, you know, Catherine uh, Graham's was. I don't know why that's been. Gosh, I was in a book uh, book study when I was at Burris with a group of just extraordinary women, and we only read, uh, you know, autobiographies and biographies. And um, Catherine Graham uh, was with the Washington Post and family, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was just such a terrific story and such a sad story and that just you know really stood out in my mind um another one that i really like is the uh, power of one and um i just in fact i can remember in middle school i got the bridge for alex and um, made him read it and i made my youth group watch the movie of it uh even though it is wasn't very loosely you know based but I just, I just believe in that. I just believe that it can only take one person to make a difference. I've got a couple of wrap-up questions here for you. Mm-hmm. So first one, you mentioned you weren't a very good student in school. <laughs> um, I can relate to that. So but what was your favorite subject in school? I re- any of your kids are listening to this. <laughs> yeah. so. really? Well, obviously I liked PE. Yeah. Um, Badminton. But, you know, <laughs> but I really enjoyed history. We had great storytellers, and and I enjoyed listening to it. And um, I didn't enjoy busy work, but I really enjoyed, you know, listening to the historical um, perspective of things. And then you said that early on, when you were first married, first nine years, you had a chance to travel a lot. Mm -hmm. What's been the favorite trip that you've ever taken so far? That's a good one. Every single trip that we've taken, I've really enjoyed but if I had to pinpoint one, um, we we decided one year when um, Alex was in middle school to Spurge, and we went to the Turks or Caicos before it became very popular. And there were only about, I think there were only about maybe eight to ten people staying in this area. And um, so you were on the beach, just it was us and another family and a couple of the employees' children and um it you had no cell cell phone service, no internet, um, and it was just beautiful. And we just had so much fun. And a story I like to tell about that was, you know, little kids just gravitate to each other. I don't care if you're a mile away on the beach; they're going to gravitate to each yeah, other. They'll well, find their people. That family, mm-hmm. we we didn't stay close together because they were probably doing. But our our sons, you know, kept kept coming together so i told craig i'm gonna have to go down there and introduce myself you know so i went down there they were from carmel indiana if you can believe this two (laughs) families on this beach and um they actually owned a condo there and we started talking he goes well where are you from and i said well we live in gas city he goes 
oh my goodness, do you know Larry Leach? <gasps> Stop it. Oh. <laughs> not kidding you. <laughs> and uh, I think his company uh, were the ones that built the addition um, mm. behind Myers, but mm. only, I mean, it's just yeah, unbelievable small how small the world mm. is, but that, that probably was as a family. And then Alex and I've had some extraordinary mission trips together and that's just something you can never, mm -hmm. you know, take back. And Craig has too, but the three of us have never gone together and add it to the list, I know, right? Add it to that bucket <laughs> list. We're kind of getting old for the mission work, but, um, yeah, we just had, mm -hmm. we just had so many wonderful opportunities for travel. That's great. Yeah. Leslie, thank you so much for your time, uh, today and, and, and more importantly, for what you do in our community, you've been an incredible encourager to me. Thanks for all of your board work that you do and trying to promote things in our community. And um, if there's anything that we can do to help you, don't hesitate to reach out. Well, you all do. And I'm extremely blessed to work with such outstanding people. Yeah. Well, keep up the great work. Um, please do like and subscribe uh, for wherever you're listening to this podcast and, uh, and tell your friends about it. And with that, have a great day. Thank you very much. See ya. Bye. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.